Welcome back to the Paper Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan James. Um, this is the second clip of a series of uh, my keynote speech for FISPA. Uh, and this one, this clip is a uh, state of the banking industry. So we go over a little bit of the state, state of the banking industry. You know, not, not too much happening in banking this so, any of you guys know why, like, the banks have failed this year? Interest rates. Yeah, interest rates. So, in 2009, when the banks were failing, well, they were failing as um, loans. People couldn't afford the loans that they, they had made. And so, um, banks had future income decrease, and the expenses went up. When banks, when um, a loan fails, a bank's expenses really go through the roof. We end up having to pay for the appraisals. You can't expect to borrow, they can't afford their business or their home. They're not going to give you several grand for commercial appraisal. But we have to appraise it, we have to look at the value and charge it off. And then your expenses go up, you have to hire more employees, it's a lot more labor intensive to start dealing with foreclosures. And so what's neat, well, to me it's neat, but unique about this day and age is. The, um, there's three banks that have gone under so far through this, has been a run of deposits. And you know, there, there's some correlations to these banks. You've got Silver, Silvergate didn't technically go under. Silvergate, a little unique. They were based completely, all their deposits were from crypto exchanges. So they had billions of dollars in FTX funds, and then they bought bonds. So their whole model was based on getting cheap pre-deposits and then um, buy bonds, low year bonds. But when they had FTX, in one quarter last year, in the fourth quarter of last year, they lost 80% of their deposits. And they were actually able to fund that. So they were pretty liquid. And they realized their model was not any good. So they said, you know what, we're gonna pay back all the depositors and we're just gonna sell and be out. But what I can tell you is, you know, when we bank, our cryptocurrency-related customers that we bank, we send them through an application process. We're doing background checks, and we're looking at their sales. You wouldn't believe how many people we turned down because of the compliance, and they were banking at that bank. So, Silver, Silvergate, they had a network of exchanges. Network, so in between their exchanges, you could have FTX and Coinbase, they can transfer transactions back and forth because a lot of the uh, crypto buys and sells would happen to go between these exchanges and so they would do internal transactions on their network. I speculate that there's very little uh, due diligence on these transactions. So I really think Silvergate looked at it and said, you know what, our plan didn't work, we're out, and also we want to avoid any future anti-money monitoring sanctions because there's no possible way they have a finger on the pulse of all, all of that. The things that we do going on our crypto-related customers is very intensive. We have at this time only 6,000 Bitcoin teller machines. When that cash gets picked up as machines, they go to our vaults um, throughout the nation and then we charge on that. Every month we're taking every transaction on the blockchain and running through spreadsheets and seeing any patterns. Um, and what is unique, we have seen actually, because of our suspicious activity reports that we've done over the years, we've actually seen investigations 
follow through from the Department of Justice for uh, money laundering and Ponzi schemes and things that people have used um, exchanges for. So that was so great. Silicon Valley Bank, Signature, and First Republic. All three of those banks, they nearly tripled in size in the last few years. They had explosive growth, and I don't know if we have anyone from California, but all of these banks too, they're in, they're in California, New York, and New Jersey. They're in areas that the FDIC, the OCC, who governs them, the individuals there, so they treat them way differently than anywhere else in the country. Um, Silicon Valley Bank, they allowed their capital ratios to increase and they locked up, they had very little liquidity for the volatile deposits. And their deposits were volatile. There was no historical analysis for the major. Silicon Valley had a lot of um, venture capitalist money sitting there for the fintech. We'll get into fintechs later on. But um, you know, these companies were valued on projections that were just silly wild ass guesses. Um, they never made any money, but they were still projected hundreds of millions of dollars in Silicon Valley. They would lend to them and the deposits. So, and they were constantly going to the regulators saying that they need more room and they need more expansion. And the regulators allowed them. And one thing, and Signature Bank and First Republic, a lot of things, these deposit runs is what ran them out. So different than 2009, and this is going back to uh, the deposit runs in the 80s. Um, but again, when you look at their ratios, they did not have strong liquidity. They, uh, we've been in the lowest rate environment for history for a extended period of time, and they didn't pay attention to their um, assets that they were locking in. One thing that I found really unique to, I follow all the consent orders that they that regulators put out on banks. And the reason I do that is because it's a telltale sign of when they come in out of me exactly what they're going to be looking at because they all kind of think the same the regulators. Um, they put out institutional letters and they have consent orders so you can kind of tell what's their hot buttons. And for the past year, their hot buttons have been crypto, banking as a service, and uh, interest risk. You know, it's no surprise. And Cross River Bank is unique, their consent order, they're looking at in New Jersey, they have really exploded. And have, are you guys familiar with buy now, pay later? Um, you know, everything you look at online, you can see, you know, pay this hundred dollars and four transactions through a firm or upstart or this. Majority of those products actually go through Cross River Bank. And so when you look at a lot of those products in the consent order, the regulators have now halted them from adding any new third parties without getting approval and saying, you gotta get a grasp on exactly what your partnerships are selling, what they are advertising, and what they are putting out to the consumers. Because ultimately, it's gonna fall on them. And so, um, you know, this is a very good piece. 